Good evening. Tonight, we will continue reading The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Chapter 7 On the fifth day, and once again thanks to the sheep, this secret of the little prince's life was revealed to me. Without any preamble, and as if it were the result of a silently thought-out problem, he asked me abruptly, A sheep? If it eats bushes, does it eat flowers too? A sheep eats anything it comes across. Even flowers with thorns? Yes, even flowers with thorns. Then the thorns, what use are they? I did not know. I was very busy trying to unscrew a bolt which had gotten stuck in my engine. I was deeply worried as the breakdown of my plane was beginning to look extremely serious to me and my drinking water was running out fast and I could only fear the worst. The thorns, what use are they? The little prince never let go of a question once he had raised it. I was annoyed about my bolt and I answered the first thing that came to my mind. Thorns are quite useless. Flowers have them out of sheer spite. Oh. But after a moment of silence, he said with a kind of resentfulness, I don't believe you. Flowers are weak. They are naive. They reassure themselves as best they can. They believe that their thorns are terrible. I did not answer. At that instant, I was saying to myself, if this bolt continues to resist me, I shall knock it off with a hammer. Once again, the little prince intruded upon my thoughts. And do you actually believe that flowers? No, no, I don't believe anything. I just answered any old how. I am busy with serious matters. He stared at me in total astonishment. Serious matters? He could see me with a hammer in my hand and my fingers black with engine grease, bending down over an object which seemed to him extremely ugly. You talk just like grown-ups. This made me feel a little ashamed of myself. Relentlessly, he added, you were confusing everything, mixing everything up, he was really quite angry. He shook his golden locks in the wind. I know of a planet where there is a red-faced gentleman. He has never smelled a flower. He has never looked at a star. He has never loved anybody. He has spent all his time adding up figures, and all day he keeps on repeating, like you, I am busy with serious matters. I am busy with serious matters. Over and over again and he swells up with pride. But he is not a man, he is a mushroom. A what? A mushroom. The little prince was now pale with anger. For millions of years, flowers have been growing thorns. And for millions of years, sheep have still been eating flowers. And it is not worth trying to understand why they go to such lengths to grow thorns, which are of no use to them. 
Is the war between sheep and flowers not important? Not more serious and more important than the sums of the red-faced gentleman. And if I know of a flower which is unique in the world and grows nowhere other than on my planet and that a small sheep can destroy it with just a single bite, just like that, one morning without realizing it, what it is doing, is that not important? He blushed and continued. If someone loves a flower of which there is only one on the millions and millions of stars, it is enough to make him happy when he looks at them, for he can say to himself, my flower is out there somewhere. But if the sheep eats the flower, it is for him as if all of a sudden, all the stars went dark. And you think that is not important. He could say no more because he was overcome with tears. Night had fallen. I had dropped my tools. I couldn't have cared less about my hammer, my bolt, thirst, or death. There was on a star, a planet. Mine, the earth. A little prince to be comforted. I took him in my arms and rocked him gently. I said to him, the flower you love is in no danger. I shall draw you a muzzle for your sheep. I shall draw you a fence for your flower. I, I did not really know what to say to him. I felt very awkward. I did not know how to reach him, how to catch up with him. Land of Tears is so mysterious. Chapter 8 I soon learned to know this flower better. There had always been very simple flowers on the little prince's planet, with a single ring of petals, occupying very little space and no trouble to anybody. They would appear one morning in the grass and fade away into the evening. But one day, from a seed blown from no one knew where, a new flower had come up, and the little prince had watched very closely over the small shoot, which was not at all like any of the other shoots on his planet. It could have been a new kind of baobab. But the plant very soon stopped growing and started to develop a flower. The little prince, watching the growth, with watching the growth of an enormous bud, sensed this could well lead to a miraculous apparition. But the flower continued her preparations for her beauty in the shelter of her green chamber. She chose her colors with great care. She dressed slowly, carefully arranging her petals one by one. She didn't wish to appear all crumpled like a poppy. She only wished to appear in the full glory of her beauty. Oh yes, she was very vain. Her mysterious preparations had lasted for days and days. And then one morning, when the sun was rising, she suddenly showed herself. And having worked so hard and taken such care, she yawned and said, Oh, I'm only half awake. Forgive me. I'm still quite disheveled. 
that the little prince couldn't restrain his admiration and exclaimed, Oh, how beautiful you are. Am I not? The flower replied gently. And I was born at the same time as the sun. The little prince had to admit that she was not excessively modest, but she was so enchanting. I believe it's time for breakfast, she added a moment later. Would you be kind enough to attend to my needs? And the little prince, totally abashed, at once fetched a can of fresh water and sprinkled the flour. Thus it was that she began from the outset to torment him with her demanding vanity. One day, for example, referring to her four thorns, she said to the little prince, let them come, those tigers with their claws. But there are no tigers on my planet, objected the little prince. And anyway, tigers don't eat weeds. But I am not a weed, the flower replied sweetly. Please forgive me. I am not afraid of tigers, but I hate draughts. You wouldn't have a screen for me, by chance. A horror of draughts. That's really bad luck for a plant, remarked the little prince, thinking to himself. This flower is indeed a very complex creature. In the evening, I want you to put me under a glass dome. It is very cold here where you live, and rather uncomfortable. Now where I come from... Too late, she interrupted herself. She had arrived as a seed. She could not have known anything about other worlds. Embarrassed at having been discovered preparing such a naive lie, she coughed a couple of times so as to confuse the little prince. Where's the screen? I was going to fetch it, but you were talking to me. Whereupon she coughed a little more, so that he should feel remorse. So the little prince, in spite of the goodwill his love engendered towards her, came gradually to doubt her. He had taken words of no importance seriously, and became very unhappy. I shouldn't have listened to her, he confided to me one day. One should never listen to flowers. One must admire them and breathe their fragrance. Mine perfumed all of my planet, but I did not know how to enjoy her. That tale of claws which irritated me so, much should simply have touched my heart. And he confided further. At the time, I was unable to understand anything. I should have based my judgment upon deeds and not words. She cast her fragrance and her radiance over me. I should never have run away from her. I should have guessed at the affection behind her poor little tricks. Flowers are so inconsistent. But I was too young to know how to love her.